Howdy, folks. Happy Tuesday. Uh, we are one day away from the opening of most NHL clubs training camps. Um, you know, there's going to be some interesting discussions. We have some news coming out of the Philadelphia Flyers, which was not welcome to their fan base. Um, but we'll we'll start with the pre-show. Uh, go ahead, Russ. Well, some more news that's not welcome to a Philadelphia fan base is Ben Simmons announcing he is not going to be at camp, wants to be traded, will sit at home and count his money. And, you know, it's an interesting thing because they want him to be there because they know if he's playing, uh, he'll have a higher trade value. Now that he's sitting at home and waiting, of course, they can't get the same kind of deal. So they're really stuck now. And and I, I got to be honest. I'm tired of this guy's attitude, and I would hope more teams would be in the NBA, but I don't think they would be. No, because the NBA is just like they're just like, yeah, come on, the come N- our team will find. You know, it's like honestly, the N- you would think that, but the NBA clearly coddles to the I, the they're uh, to me they're a bunch of spoiled brats. Yeah, players run the league basically. They're a bunch of divas and prima donnas. I mean the act the act that James Harden played last year, where he got purposely got fat in Houston, uh, you know, said that he wasn't basically wasn't going to try. Yeah. And if you look at, and if you look at the deal that they got from from Brooklyn, they didn't get a half of what he was worth. No. And then and then all of a sudden he got in shape and everything was great in in, in Brooklyn. I and honestly. I know that there are guys with attitudes in hockey. There are guys with attitudes in every professional sport, yep. but basketball, it seems to be worse, you know, and I, and I, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's symptomatic of one of the reasons why I don't like basketball much anymore, because that kind of attitude is pervasive in the sport and, and not in hockey and maybe in football, football, I think. And, I'll tell you what's amazing to me. Like, I've told you reports and stories like there's always been that one or two hockey players who kind of means well, always says what they're supposed to do and never do it. That's fine. But this is a different situation. This is a situation where this guy won't take a jump shot in the game. He won't shoot a three pointer in the game, but every off season will show himself in some sort of pickup game, shooting three pointers and shooting jump shots. And then when it comes down to the game and he has to actually do it live in Philly, he won't do it. And the fact that this guy thinks that he's being wronged here and sitting at home as a result is just so completely wrong. Well, like if I were the commissioner, I would almost step, I would almost call him, not do it publicly, but call him and say, what exactly is your beef here? Well, I think the beef here is, is that they've been trying to trade him all, all summer. They haven't found a deal, which they think is equitable. Mm-hmm. And, now they're going to carry it into the season, and he just wants to move on. I mean, honestly, it's like he's never going to be able to do anything to shake off the, you know, he's a former number one overall pick. He's, you know, him and Embiid were supposed to be the the duo that brings a championship to Philadelphia. Trust the process is pretty much dead. Right. He he's clear. He's clearly not the, you know, he's a good player, but he's clearly not the player that was purported to be when he was drafted first overall. And he probably just wants to move on, but they're, you know, they're trying to get like, I mean, I've heard that they were offered like Pascal Siakam from the, from Tor- Toronto and a couple other, you know, re- yeah, but they want like multiple firsts. Right. They're not, and they're not going to get that for a, comp- for a clearly flawed player who can't even hit a three pointer. I know it's a crazy thing. It's just one of these things that, sort of makes you nauseous because of the amount of money he makes 
And all the team has asked him to do was really just up his game a little bit. Everybody's protected him the whole time. They got a new coach, Doc Rivers. He protected him the whole season. Yeah, but he Doc Rivers didn't protect him in the playoffs. He basically outed him because they they you know they were either sitting him in the fourth quarter or he was basically ordered not to take a shot because you know he was just he can't he can't hit it may be a mental block but he can't hit a three pointer when it counts. Okay. Oh, I had to unmute myself. Look at this. This is kind of cool. So I um I've been um what the hell is I have friends at Roland. Um, you know, they make keyboards and synthesizers and stuff like that. Rolling drum machines, yeah. Yeah, rolling drum machines. That's their famous rolling drum machines. This is a, um, this is called an aerophone. This is like a, um, you play it like a saxophone, but you can create like sounds from any, any kind of a wind instrument. Okay. Like a synthesizer, synthesizer slash wind instrument. Hmm. So I, they put a new one out, so I asked to test it and they sent me one. Isn't that cool? I am psyched. I'm psyched to try this out. So it's a synthesizer really slash what? So it's a, it's it's a, it's a wind instrument. So you blow into it, you know, like a, right. yep. you would like a saxophone or a clarinet or anything like that. Yep. It's fingered like a saxophone, which I play play a saxophone. Okay, um, but it has like it has like a thousand sounds in it, so you can um, right get anything out of it, create all these cool sounds out of it, and it's really like. Now is there is there a reed for that, or is it just a plastic reed? It's just plastic. It's a plastic reed. There is like a reed okay. there. See, there is like an actual. I don't know if you can see the little yeah, yeah, yeah. reed there. But um, yeah, but not like you know. Did you guys play? Any, not a wooden reed. It's like a plastic. Did you play any, did you play any reeded instruments? I played. Yeah, I played clarinet. I played alto. I played alto sax and. Okay, uh, yeah. So this is you have your option on on fingering on this. You can finger it. You, you can set up to finger it as a clarinet or finger it as a um a sax drum. I mean, so, I would um, do it as a clarinet, but it's probably been fifty years since well, a little less. Yeah, yeah. And I played the clarinet. It's probably been like forty years. Um, and I and I when I got out of it, I was just hitting all the high octaves. So. It would probably take a little while for me. Oh yeah, well I, I have a saxophone I pulled out for the first time in like ten years, and uh, I played alto tenor saxophone, played baritone horn, I played trombone, played a bunch of different. I can play a bunch of different instruments, but but um, saxophone was my main instrument in, in like elementary school and high school and all that stuff until I was in until I was a senior in high school and they had nobody in the nobody in the band played tuba. So I'm like ah, what the heck? I'll play. I'll learn how to play tuba. So I learned how to play tuba, um, but um. Saxophone. So I do remember the fingerings of saxophone, but so I brought up my saxophone and man, do I suck! I was like, yeah, but my wife was super impressed because she didn't even know this is how crazy. So I've been married for almost a year. She didn't even know I had a saxophone still. It, it was in my office, like in a box in the corner. Pulled it out, you know, and she's upstairs one day reading, and I just start playing like the um the the solo from um Jungle Land on mm -hmm. saxophone. Which I know. And up there, you know, and she's like, "Whoa, this is like." She's like, "This is this. No, this is hot. You know, hockey. No, this is this is good." She likes. She's like, she liked being serenaded by saxophone. So, I. Uh, but I sucked, man. I sucked. So I was like, so it got me into the into the idea of playing a wind. So Clarence band. Clemens was rolling over in his grave when you did it. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, but it got me. It got me in the mood to play try wind instrument again. And I found out that this has like some. It says bagpipes on it, which I think, which is one of my like dreams, is to play bagpipes. No, that's a. To, I, I'm gonna just that's come my, out and say that's it. my nightmare. It's really? a nightmare. I mean, I get it. If it's a funeral, there's no other reason to ever play bagpipes <laughs> other than that. You're not Irish. You no, know, I'm not. In your soul, I have man. Ear, but, you know, it's amazing. I have eardrums. Yeah, I get that. But bagpipes are in your soul, man. They're like, they're there. Anyway, that's pretty. Yeah, good. they're in my soul from a guy who probably played ten years ago. They're still there. <laughs> in the sole of my feet as I'm stomping on the damn bagpipes. 
<laughs> so they're great. Have you ever been in a place where like a where like a bagpipe could just like just give you chills, like a really good, well played bagpipe? Yeah, watching the like, movie watching the movie Braveheart and listening to there the you but that's yeah, not that that's not a typical that's not a typical bagpipe. It's right. a, it's a different type of bagpipe. It's a more that's melodic. True. That's true. That's true. But um no, there's there's definitely I mean there's, there's plus and minuses. So I ha I tried to learn how to play bagpipe and and the canter, there's like bagpipes are very hard to play, like really hard to play. Um and I don't it's kind of, and to get it to get one that you can really play, like I bought a cheap one just to try to play it. And uh, a cheap used one, and you can't do that with bagpipes. It's like there's such a difference that like it's you can't get a good sound out of a bad bag. Honestly, I would not buy a used bagpipes like that. Right. Is, <laughs> it's hard enough to get a good sound out of a good bagpipe. At least, at least like as an example, you like I don't believe my clarinet was was new. I think it was used, but you change the reeds, right? So at least everything yeah. else you can clean. You can take it apart and clean it. Can you take apart the bagpipes and clean it? Uh, not the one I had. Yeah, um, no. I mean, it wasn't uh, the greatest. I mean. I like the concept of like the drones and stuff like that, which is how bagpipes work, you know, which is really yeah. cool. Because it's you know, like, you're putting the air, pushing the air through with your, like you have an air bag under here and you're pushing it through and you're creating these single notes that are playing and, and then you're playing a melody on top of it. That's really cool. Yeah, that you'd be um, the first person to get Legionnaire's disease from a bagpipe. I'll, I'll yeah. play the recorder or the flutophone, thanks. Yeah, there you go. So I can, but I can, you know, I can play the flute on this. I'll play like, I'll, I'll have to play like, maybe by the end of the week, I'll figure out the Supper's Ready solo and come up. There you go. All right, there we go. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> so let's get into. We got an important discussion today. Oh, we do. Yeah, uh, we'll save. We'll save that to the second half because then, then my, uh, my, I will have digested my lunch. Is my video still bad right now? It, it, it's stopping, and your audio is cutting in and out. The audio. I've got the wrong microphone. On. Shoot, one second. Hold on there. Yeah, okay. right. Audio yeah. now. There, better audio. That audio is better, right. That's better. Okay, yeah, the video is still funky. Hmm. Yeah, it's All just right. shuttering. It's just stopping and starting. So should we restart or should I do what I do? No, this is just no, no, you're fine. You're fine. All right. Well, if it's too bad, let me know. I don't want it to get yeah, I will. I will. I'll let you I don't know. Want it to suck. I will. Actually, let me just let, let me do one thing. Sorry, this Mike will always let you know when it sucks. Don't worry. Okay, now he's completely stopped. Now he froze. I knew this was think, gonna happen. I think he's changing uh okay servers or whatever okay. okay okay now you were locked there for a minute now you're yeah i'm okay now it, yeah. yes yes okay i tried to I just switch my wi-fi to a different one i think yeah. this will be better. that's good yeah, all right that's what I, yeah all right good 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 here we go uh the date would be oh yeah the date <laughs> all right hello hockey world it is tuesday september 21st this is the first day of fall 2021 I'm Michael Agello, and you're not. I'm Russ Cohen. I think that's the 23rd, Eck. Is it? Mike, you're ignorant slut. Um, and I'm Michael, and you're watching Hockey Buzz Guest on HockeyBuzz.com. This is the podcast that comes every Monday through Friday to fill you in on the comings and goings in the hockey world. We got some news before we get into my main topic today, which is why the Buffalo Sabres will win the Stanley Cup. All right, so <laughs> we're going to start off with, um, with uh, Mike, though, who's got some news. Well, um. Let's start with the news out of the Flyers camp, Russ. Um, yeah. some, some significant injury news to a key player. Yeah, Kevin Hayes um, had some sort of groin slash core muscle surgery. Nobody was really 100% on 
which one. I didn't see the full injury report. AV wasn't 100%, but it happened just, you know, skating around with the players. He felt a grab and boom, got surgery. So at first thing is, I was telling Mike, in a regular, you know, 82-game season, I can't remember the last time the Flyers started even the season, let alone camp with the right amount of players that you would, you know, you were expecting to play for the team. Yeah. I mean, this is an interesting one because I mean, Hayes last year came out incredible. Like the first, but only the, only the first like two weeks or three weeks of the season. Like he looked just like he was on fire. Remember he was unbelievable in the bubble. Like I thought that's the best I've ever seen him play. Um, And then he came out last year really good too. And, but then last year, Kevin Hayes just really it was terrible. I mean, for the most part last year, it was just That's an awful true. year. I mean, he was just I mean, you know, Kevin Hayes is good when he's when he's when he's holding on to the puck. Like mm-hmm. he's a guy who shouldn't be getting rid of the puck quickly. He's good with the puck. He's a great stick handler. Um, and, you know, and he's, he's tough to get the puck away from. And when he's playing, when he's confident, he's holding on to the puck and making good plays. When he's just getting rid of the puck immediately, like he was most of the year last year, he's very average, you know, very and not not like a really interesting player at all. Um, so I was hoping, you know, really hoping for big things from him this year. You know, and then of course, you know, the terrible tragedy that, that yeah. such, so, I mean, you know, I don't know how at that least was nine be. games, 10 games is what AV was guessing. And of course you never really know until the guy's rehabbing. Um, but, but with a guy like this, it's a lot of money off the salary cap too. And in a way probably helps the flyers in some strange ways that if they can put them on LTIR for a while. Uh, maybe, but here, here's the, yeah. The other part of this, though, you know, your initial thought is like, well, hey, this gives a shot to Morgan Frost. But the more you heard A.B. talk, the more I figured Frost is going to have to make it as a winger, because the minute he brought up Giroux, he was like, yep, we have flexibility with Giroux. So it's like he could have put the kibosh on it right then and there and said, no, no, Giroux is going to play left wing. I'm going to look for other options at center. But he didn't do that. This just this just. Is my is my is just well, just eats me up, man. This is Elaine Vino at his worst. But well, hold on, but I'm gonna I'm gonna finish it out. So finish. Go he ahead. He didn't mention Scott Lawton as a possibility for center. He did mention Frost, and he did mention Tanner Lisinski. But I kind of see this is how I kind of see it working out. And this is regardless of how they play. This really almost has nothing to do with how they play. But I see it: Couturier, Giroux, Broussard, and then I think they're gonna look for that 4C because the 4C is the easiest spot to fill on this team. Nate Thompson. And, and it, you know, it could be Nate Thompson if he could play every day. It could be Lisinski or it could be a combination. So I still think because of all the guys they brought in, that Frost is still going to have to play on the wing if he's going to make it. See, the thing the thing is, and, and Vino is not unique in this, they want somebody with experience up the middle. Even if Drew is past it – in, in terms of playing center. And, you well, know, here's the level of stubbornness. Just to show you the level of stubbornness with A.B. Yeah. He said at least the first couple practices, he's going to go with these couple lines that he has in mind. And then the first few preseason games definitely are all going to be the same lineup. And then if he needs to change it, you know, he'll know. But he'll he's willing to change things in, pre, in training camp if he has to. And then preseason, whatever they decide in training camp, he's going to do for two or three games. So yeah. someone's going to actually have to fail for one of these kids to make it. That's really the way I see it. And what it, what it feels like. So if, you know, the hope was, I think that Giroux would play with Couturier again, and that would be like, that would be 
right? I mean, that was the plan. Yeah, that was probably the hope. And um, and that because that definitely is where Jerusa is best right now. There's no question about that. Um, he is he's yeah, he's know, better on the wing for points. Yeah, he's better on the wing for points. And I think at this point in his career, he's better for Katuria. I think they both they both get better as a result of playing together. They they had incredible chemistry when they do play together. But yeah. what what Vino does to an absolute detriment, and this is you know if he was a Shakespearean character, this would be his fatal flaw, is that he absolutely, when one player goes out of the lineup, mixes up all of his lines because of it. And this is like, this is, this is the thing that I just, I just cannot stand. Like I cannot, there is no reason to screw with your other lines. If one guy goes out of the lineup. Well, there was one more update too. So we knew the update, like I was at the, um, the, the game, the, the uh, rookie game where, you know, Wade Allison got hurt. Right. And afterwards they said it's a high ankle sprain. Right. Today they said it was for an indeterminate amount of time. So even when Vigneault was asked about that, he goes, anytime I've ever seen an indeterminate amount of time, it means a very long time. Not someone short. asked, yeah. can Wayne Allison, you know, grab a spot at this on this team at some point? And he answered with that. And so yeah. I don't think we're seeing Wade Allison at the NHL level. But to, to, your, to your point before, Eck, um, yes, you do – mix everything around put it everything in a mix master if you if you believe that there is nobody to replace that player in the particular spot that uh has been vacated by injury if you if you have no other i mean if okay if if elaine vino doesn't think morgan frost is capable of playing second line center then he's got to move Giroux. then he's got to move somebody else into Giroux's spot then he's got to move somebody else in the third line spot you have to shake things up i mean well, this is the problem right mike you're right you're 100 percent right and this is the problem with the pickups that he had yes he created depth at the center position but right. bottom six depth. You can't put Broussard at number no. two, and you can't put Nate Thompson as a number two. No. And so that is, other than Couturier, that's the second worst injury you could have on this team because there is nobody who could play a, a second-line center. You're not going to put Morgan Frost as a second-line center it's in not the season. It's not going to happen. Yeah, it's not so yeah. that's why it's going to be Giroux because there really is nobody else on the roster that can do it. I feel like Giroux, I feel like Frost is their, their eventual replacement for Giroux. I think that's how they see it. Yeah, but not, but not right now. Not, not right now. Yeah. Um, and, but, and they do see him as a center replacement for Giroux. They know? do. And, the, and, and there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of validity to that. I think, I'm not saying Frost is at Giroux's level, but he's, he's, he's got potential and he, and he definitely plays a lot like Giroux. So I think it's an, you know, it's an interesting, it's an interesting fit, but, well, I can give you a comparison. Like, I saw yeah. Giroux. I covered him when he was a phantom before yeah. he made his way up with the Flyers. I think uh, he still is always going to have a little better vision than Frost. I think that the skating's comparable. Frost is definitely stronger than Giroux was at this age. There's yeah. not even a question about that. That's for sure, yeah. And so, you know, Giroux is still a little bit of a higher caliber player than Morgan Frost, even when Frost reaches his height. But it's, you know, but it's not by a ton. Yeah. It's just that I feel like Giroux had more, um, you know, just was born with just a little better talent than what Frost has. But Frost is going to maximize a lot of his talent. Yeah, and Giroux definitely has a has a clutch side to him that is definitely in yeah. there. You can't you know? teach that. You can't yeah. teach that. And I think I, I think Frost is a better skater than Giroux. So far, what I've seen, the better, better skater than what he Giroux be. was. He could be. Um. And I think a lot of has improved a lot. Yeah, I think a lot of that is is yeah, is just like the younger, not just the younger legs, but even when Giroux first came in. When Giroux, Giroux first came in, he was very much a playmaker. That was his game. Like he was a, 
he was a really I felt like you know at least the Flyers level he was a passer he was pass first guy all the time yeah um and Frost has a little bit of that in him too yeah but, Frost like in the chat room yeah. can play on the wing with Giroux they yeah. did that when Frost was up and then he got hurt I like that. I like that combination a lot. Um, and when I watched them play together in the when we were in the bubble there, you know, right. I was remember I was just like, wow, this is something. This is like that's great for a couple games. It really was something. And you're watching it like this has this has spectacular written all over it. Um, and also what better player if you're gonna replace, you know, Giroux with Frost, what better player to learn from, you know? So just right. like to me, playing with him would be incredible. Um, that I don't know. This is it's gonna and and I, I think Allison is actually a pretty big big her injury for them because he really was one of their better players towards it, the end it is year. a big injury because he was going to be that guy that you probably could plug and play as a uh a bottom line winger you know again i'm mentioning because the chat room is maybe a little behind he ab did not mention lawton as a potential center and so i think that is done as far as ab goes so i think he is a winger no matter what now so it's weird and they don't have raffle so lawton sort of is like raffle now yeah, but uh, don't you like a lot better at center? I do. I mean, I think that. I, I don't know. I mean, at this point, it, it's it's tough to say either way. I mean, does that mean that? Oh my gosh, that we're going to see the other guy that they brought back at center? Is that what's happening? Um, You're talking about Connor Bunneman? No, no, the guy Nate, that I Nate Thompson. Oh, yeah. Nate Thompson. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. You might see Nate Thompson opening night as your four. Uh, shouldn't be this frustrated before they've even touched the ice, you know. Anyway, um, that's a frustrating. That, that there's some, there's it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, yeah. In, yeah. in in some other in some other news, yes. um, the uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, Aaron Portsline just reported a few minutes ago that uh, they have told Zach Ronaldo, who uh, is under contract, that he is not welcome at training camp. Um, the reason is is that he has made apparently statements uh, in social media that he you know, is not, has not taken the COVID-19 vaccine, doesn't plan to, Russ. Was that the insinuation? Yeah, he doesn't plan to. He he came up with a word. I remember I texted it to a few people. It was like, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I'm not an anti-masker. And he decided to create his own terminology. But the same, but basically the sentiment basically was, I'm not doing it. And the worst thing for Zach Ronaldo is, he is an emotional guy and doesn't yeah. think things through all the time on the ice and off the ice. And this probably ended his career just now. Yeah. Ah, I mean, he's, he's not a guy who can do that. Here it is. Uh, I'm not anti-vax. I'm not anti-mask. I'm pro-choice. <laughs> what an idiot. I'm sorry. She's like, what, this is going to kill his career. What, what team is going to pick him up now? I mean, someone, does someone, is, does he have anyone around him talking to him about what he should, should or should not say? Obviously not. Who knows? You imagine his agent, like his agent's response. Oh no, his agent probably just said, "I don't know what you're doing here." His agent, you just cost me seventy five thousand dollars because it's yeah, but good, and good luck, you know, like because like God, I'm not I'm pro choice. That's that's what we went to, but and obviously he's not as mean pro choice like no, we all think it's not pro choice of not taking the vaccine. And right, so, but that's just that you don't use the term you know, pro choice. You know the you know the funny good thing, Lord. Is, <laughs> before 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 the pandemic. People who are anti-vax were sort of looked upon as, oh, you know, okay, that's their own personal choice. And now there is sort of, you know, like, you know, there, now there is a, there is a shaming going on uh, of yeah. people who are, who are not vaccinated. Now, you know, they, I, I realized if I wanted to cover hockey games, if I wanted to live, at, you know, what is close, as close to a normal life as I could, uh, I was 
going to need to take the vaccine. I didn't particularly want to. I know I needed to. Yeah, and I, but I can play the counterpoint. There's also a shaming for like me. If I'm in a crowded place and I wear a mask, I've had yeah, so many yeah. people say, well, why do you still wear a mask? What are you yeah, afraid of? I and I even heard on television, some nurses speaking from, and they were from North Carolina. Here's the, the interesting thing is, and I don't understand this sentiment and then we'll get off it. I guess the sentiment was, well, I'm not taking the vaccine because I don't know the side effects. But yet, if you get COVID, you do know the side effects. It's called and that's going to be a hundred times worse. Yeah, it's yeah. called death. That's what the yeah, side. and and yeah, that yeah, the risk is just risk. risk. If you're going, if you're going to, if you're going to base it on risk, you're in it. You're crazy. I listen. I, I listen. I have kids, and when you know there were there were there were these. I don't know if you remember the rumors about you know vaccines. You know different kinds of vaccines causing causing you know all kinds of yeah damage. yeah. yeah. Right. If you listen, if you listen to Nick, Nicki Minaj. Uh, right. And that's, this was a big deal. And a lot of people, and even, even your pediatrician said, well, we don't know, you know, we don't know there's different kinds of things and we're in, obviously don't know. Um, so we actually had our kids vaccines done separately. Cause what they were used to do back then is they would do, they would mix them all together. And there was the, the, the rumor out there, which really was totally unfounded for the most part, I guess, was that if you mix the vaccines together, which is usually what they do, they get them all at once. That was one thing. But if you had, if you went out and we got them separately, which is three different shots, which kids hated, but you know, you did it three different shots that it was safer. That's how we did it just because we didn't know we were being careful, but it's still like we weren't going to not vaccinate our kids, not give our kids the measles shot, you know, like, I um, mean, yeah. and, and now cause there, there's a measles, measles breakout, you know, because there were so many people back then who did, I get the fear and, you know, it's, and the fear is even worse to me than it, it's even worse when you're giving it to your kid than you bring it to yourself. Like you're oh, like, sure. I, you know, so to me, I'm like, Oh man, am I going to, what am I doing to this? This kid has no idea, but he's not responsible for him or her. I'm responsible for him or her. My wife and I used to have this expression, it's your turn not to kill the baby. That was something that we used to say to each other around here all the time. Yeah. So, um, you know, that, so it's like, yeah, it's a real big deal. But yeah, this is, anyway, we don't want to get political. But uh, um, right. well, just I just think that, that that's a shame. For, that's a funny that, thing too, Eck, you just said, talking about a vaccine shouldn't be political. There's two things that should not be political, vaccines and climate. Climate, right. climate is not a political issue at all. It's like, right. you know. It's like it's like people not understanding climate change are like people who like say, well, I'm, I refuse to fix my car if it breaks down. You never right. hear that. No one says that. Like, I'm not going to fix my car. You can fix your freaking car. You fix the planet if you can. It's like you just do that. That's the reality. Anyway, enough okay. off of my soapbox. Yeah. Um, OK, in other news, uh, the Please, quickly the uh, proposed one proposed uh, arena in Tempe, Arizona, it was revealed uh, by ESPN on Monday would cost one, the, the entire project would cost $1.7 billion <laughs> and, and mostly would be funded by private investors. Russ, here's the big red rubber stamp. Denied. This is not going anywhere. It says it would seek city tax sales tax revenues to help pay two hundred million dollars in additional costs. So you're talking one point nine billion. Not happening. The bleep on. Alberina's gone from two hundred million to like, which was crazy, to like five hundred million to like suddenly two billion. Like they did. This exponential growth well, for hockey size arenas. I'm not even talking about football size arenas, like the where the right. um, where the California basketball team is yeah. playing. You know, in, in, in this instance, we're not talking about just an arena. They're talking about building like Gila River, building restaurants and everything else around it. So it's a it's a development. That's what they're talking. I get that, but those restaurants are still. I mean, you still shouldn't be in the two billion dollar range. No, I agree. 
I mean, no matter how you slice it, there's people getting, there's a lot of, there's a lot of hands being handed out there to get to that. Like a lot, there's like a lot of politics of like middlemen and all sorts of things. Because I mean, look at the, what's happening with the Clippers, is it? Or the Warriors? Or the Warriors, I think, right? The Warriors. Warriors. Their new arena is a $2 billion arena. Um, they're building an arena, you know. Um, no, they already, they've already been the, the, the gold. The Warriors, I'm, I'm not sure. Is already, it Clippers, the Clippers. Who, who is it? Who does who does Bomber own? The um, the guy from Microsoft. Clippers. Yeah, the the proposal for the new arena for them two billion dollars. Yeah, because they're 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 playing they're playing at the at the Staples Center. They're playing with the, with the Lakers play. Right, a two billion dollar oh. basketball arena. Think about. I mean, well, that's because it's L.A. and it's, and and uh, and. You know, real estate so ridiculously expensive there. So yeah, okay, but right here, I think makes a good point. The Arizona Cardinals got their second stadium that I remember in from the taxpayers, and the second one cost four hundred fifty-five million, has a retractable roof, and it's on twenty-eight acres that's owned by the sports authority. But it's four hundred fifty-five million. That's a, and that was crazy. But it's like that's still that's 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 four hundred fifty-five million. When was that? What year was that? I gotta look up the year. I mean, you're talking. But it, like you say, retractable retractable roof. You can build a hockey you can build a hockey arena that seats fifty thousand if you have a retractable roof. It was renovated in twenty seventeen. So um, I guess it was originally. Wait, so they they just renovated it from two thousand six. Yes. All right, right but let's I even double that. Let's even double that to a billion. I mean, no, I'll get a different place. I'll get a different place. We're talking about. I mean, okay, even if it's a. I mean, arena. You know, we always say it's about it's being paid by taxpayers, so they rarely come out with a taxpayer thing and say it'll be one point something billion dollars. That's not a tax. You, you should never use billions when you talk about what it's going to be paid by the city. Um, yeah. So off. the Raiders' last stadium was one point nine billion in Vegas, and that's okay. a football stadium. That's a football stadium. That you know that that is a that, you know which, well, which is incredible well, because I, I do play, agree with you. The numbers they play what like you know they're going to play. 10 games a year there. I mean, here, but let's, but obviously there's so many other things you can do there. And it's here, here is, here is the key to the story here. Um, <sighs> the, the coyotes put in the only proposal for the land, this, the land that the, that they're going to build on the city of Tempe said the evaluation process will take several months and will include an extensive extent, ex, 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 examinations, blah, 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 blah. And community feedback. Okay. They're buying time. Yeah. All this is is put. We're, oh, we're gonna we're gonna build a stadium. We're yeah. gonna build an arena in Tempe. Yeah. And then when it gets turned down by Tempe, then it's like okay, you know, the, the, all they're doing is buying time. I'm telling you yeah. right now, they should move this friggin' franchise to Houston or to Quebec City. They it's needed to be moved for five years. They keep dirt, you know, dorking around. It's 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 just it's such a joke. It is. It, it's it's crazy. I agree with you. Um. All right. Speaking of which, Jack. Yes. No, no, no. no. We we got we got a, no, a couple. We have one more. Okay. Couple, couple more. A uh, couple more uh, uh, minor items. Um. PTOs. Bobby Ryan signs a PTO with the Detroit Red Wings. Interesting, because I, mean, I was thinking to afford him. They know what he's about. Um. Curious to why they do the PTO and not just like. Uh, Maybe, maybe maybe Bobby Ryan thinks he can go in there and get more. Maybe he's negotiating with somebody else and thinks he can get no, more. Right. Maybe, maybe they're doing him a favor to let him play yeah. and he gets a contract someplace else. Where right. you know we we know based yeah. on what Kevin has told us, you know they want to give their youngsters right right. Time. So they're doing him a favor, yeah. Right, they're doing him a favor. And the other one was Alex Galchenyuk yeah. uh, signing with the uh, a PTO with the Arizona Coyotes. It's now that one a little bit. Yeah, Galchenyuk uh, practices and trains in the offseason in Arizona. 
Uh, I he, really think that this is gonna that he'll end up there. I think he's gonna, but I think that I'm just surprised man, like, that Galchenyuk didn't couldn't sign anywhere. I thought he was not that terrible last year. No, he was okay with Toronto, but I, I, and I okay, I don't think this is the sole reason why Toronto didn't bring him back. But I do think that giveaway in Game Five of the first round, um, that that would, that replay would be played over and over again if if he if they had brought him back. Um, so. Um, but yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, act they're, they're gonna have, no, I get it, but I mean, that's that's, that's yeah, I mean, they've had really plenty of players it. that have had giveaways, and they have, and he right. and he and he actually, for the first time in his career, like I thought, for the first time in his career, looked really comfortable on a team. I yeah. thought he looked pretty good. He played, he played well. I mean, they, they, you know, I mean, it, I they mean they're gonna replace it. They he scored some goals, right? He had what, how many goals he have? He had one goal in the playoffs, I mean, the season, the regular season, uh, seven or eight, I think. Yeah, it's not bad for a short amount of time. I mean, that's like you know, when you leave lose Jaime, you got to replace these goals somehow. You know, it's like it's well, not a lot of goals, they, they they think they have the players to replace them. That's why they brought in Gusev. They think Gusev, if they sign Gusev to a contract, they think Gusev will be a better replacement for for uh, you know for him that that for you know in that spot than, right. than Gusev obviously has talent. But the other thing is, I mean, he is obviously not worked out in so many places sure. and. And you know Florida, who really liked him and went out of their way to bring Wait, him in last year. Elchenyuk has been on six teams. Oh no, I'm not. I'm not debating that. No, well, you're right. But Gusev to me is is like Galchenyuk, but also Russian. You know, <laughs> so it's like there's like another level to this to me. To me, which is you know like if he doesn't work out, he just Galchenyuk is American and Russian, so it's half of the same. That's price. true. That's true. But I'm saying you know like there's there's always the fear that Russians are just collecting paychecks, and sometimes that's not. Obviously, that's a stereotype, but with certain players, it, it does. Own, owners and GMs will tell you that it really felt like that. Gusev is one of those guys that collects paychecks. Let's just say this. Uh, Gusev will not be collecting anything more than a league minimum deal or he won't be signed to a contract. Yeah. Well, I don't think – yeah. I mean, he's, he's got talent, and the problem is he could end up being really good in the preseason and look like, look like, look like you know, right. gangbusters. And, and, it's, and, it's, and it's a no-risk act if they sign him to a one like a league minimum deal and it doesn't work out, and then what they end up doing is what he would ha- ended up happening with New, Jer- New Jersey last year, and that's terminating his contract. I mean, that's – was an interesting thing. He did a 12 points in 26 games for the Leafs. Mm-hmm. Very high percentage of shots that went on goal, like sixty-two and a half percent. Yep. He just looked good. I mean, it's just the eyesight, like the eye test when you were watching the Leafs. You're like, "Who's that?" Oh, wait, that's Galchenyuk. He looks good. You know, like I, I, I didn't have any problem with the way he played. You know, obviously it was he was brought in because of injuries, and you know he he quitted himself well. Like I said, after Felino went got hurt, and after Tavares, and they had to move things around. They they were playing him in a, in a top six role. They were forced to put him in a top six role, and he ended up making a catastrophic error that cost him a game in the playoffs. I'm not saying that's the sole reason why, but again, all we're going to hear this year is yeah. Marner didn't score in 18 playoff games in a row. Austin Matthews didn't show up in game six and game seven. They show those highlights all the time. They show those highlights all the time, and all they need was one more highlight of Galchenyuk giving away the puck in game five. I mean, compared to compared to what everybody else did. In that playoff series, I think Gelchenyuk's, you know, era was not it's what one thing is all I'm yeah, saying. Just, I understand. Alexander Alexander Nanartovic. I'm not saying your name right, Alex, but Alex in the chat room says Galchenyuk is is a Belarusian descent, not Russian. So that's interesting. Okay. I did not realize he was from Belarus. I'm sure we could find a few more bad things about the Leafs if we want, but we don't have yeah. time. Belarus is one of my favorite 
hockey teams, whenever they play in these, like, whenever they make it to a tournament, they always just, like, feel like they, they've got a lot of spunk to them, you know, like. Yeah, nobody ever, like, says anything bad about Belarus. Everybody feels bad for them all the time. They just have spunk. I remember when Belarus played Germany. uh, No, was it, yeah, it was Belarus playing Germany. This is one of my favorite moments of covering the 2010 Olympics. Um, Those teams, they're playing each other, right? And I'm at the game, and I'm sitting next to um, uh, what um, Pierre Lebron. Pierre Lebron on one side, Kevin Allen on the other side, watching hockey all day. You really can't beat it. I'm sitting there and I'm enjoying myself. And uh, Pierre's like, well, I'm trying to find a story. I'm trying to find some kind of, you know, some reason, you know, Belarus would hate, would, you know, would them, something these teams would have against each other. And I'm like, it's not hard to find <laughs> Belarus and Germany, right, Mike? I mean, Mike's the history guy. Yeah. Belarus, they, they, they really were annihilated by Germany. <laughs> The other uh, problem with Belarus is they've never had a good goalie. Like I'm looking at the list here, it's like Andre yeah. Mezin, Kevin Lalonde. You remember him? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stefan Gorachev. I remember him. Right, just, right. They just, don't have a good goalie. Just for, furthering the uh, the Ronaldo story. Yeah. Uh, John Davidson uh, said he, that Ronaldo Ronaldo is not vaccinated, and not welcome at camp. He's going to go to the uh, Cleveland Monsters AHL camp. That opens up later this month. They're gonna let him at them. They're gonna let him play there, though. I mean, that's kind of crazy. That's what it sounds like. That's weird. That's I weird. don't. As an organization, I don't know why you would let that guy do that. Because no, if you're not gonna, I mean, he if you can got, start you, affecting the guys that you might need to call. Yeah, up if you're gonna take up. a stance, take a stance. You know, like right. that, that's like really half-assed to me. You know, that's like. Well, I mean, the the thing is though, they might have a problem with the PA if they say, "Okay, we're we're denying you the right to." to work because you're not vaccinated. I don't know. They, don't legally, they might not be able to do that. Well, legally, a lot of other, a lot of other businesses have done it. You know, a lot of businesses are doing it. So I don't know. I don't but it's know. A, it's, it's not a mandate, I guess, but it's, it's almost a mandate in the NHL. Yeah. I mean, look, here's what they could do, Mike. They could just say, don't show up when we're paying you. They could do that any day of the week. Uh, Sure. Yes, they could. Yeah, um, that, that's true. Um, we are going to running out of time, so I want to get to our big yeah. topic for today. One, 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 last, one last thing. Uh, Jim Houston, the longtime uh, voice of Hockey Night in Canada, uh, who did not broadcast at all last year, uh, announced his retirement after uh, 42 years. I, I I heard Jim Houston broadcast on CHCH in Hamilton. He used to do Leaf games. Uh, and, you know, Great, great longtime announcer. I know, I do know that there's a significant portion of a certain large fan base in Canada that is popping champagne bottles at the retirement of Jim Houston. But I'm not one of them. I just, you know, I thought he played it fairly down the middle most of the time. But uh, but I know a, a large members of Leaf Nation are, are ecstatic that he's, oh, he's such a vo- he's such a thing for hockey Night, like such a hockey Night in Canada staple to me and you know, all that stuff. Well, Chris Cuthbert did a fantastic. I know Chris Cuthbert is the number one guy to me, but like Houston's got as, a great voice. He knows yeah, how to call yeah. a game. I like. Yeah, him. and he's been super nice. I mean, whenever I've met him, whenever I've been around him, I mean, I've, I've sat with him and have had you know media meals with him and stuff like that. Yeah, no, I, I I've met him a few times. Yeah. He's a very nice he's guy. A guy. Super yeah, I've, guy. Never, I've never noticed Jim Houston's leaf hating calls, but whatever. No, neither have I. But I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure is, people in Toronto. You know what it is, Russ? I'm sure, there's a web page somewhere with all of them. You know what it is, Russ? It's it's like the Joe Buck thing. Every fan base thing. Joe yeah, Buck, that's what it's like. Okay. Joe Buck hates their their team. Yes. And and Joe Buck is playing it down the middle, but they don't want they want Bob Cole. Bob Cole was an unabashed leaf fan. Right. The middle for middle for some fan bases is not the middle. Like, you know, like like to play it down the middle for Toronto, you are definitely more leaning Toronto than you are because playing it down the middle is just like not hating the least, essentially. 
you know, right. you, you got to like, you know, it's <laughs> or saying true. one bad thing, you know, or actually I would say playing it down the middle for Leaf fans is saying good things about the Leafs. I should switch that around. You know, saying good things about the Leafs. If you're not saying, if you're, if you're just playing it straight down the middle and not saying good or bad things, you're not playing down the middle with Toronto fans. And that's, that's just, that's just the way the fan base is. And they're, they're super passionate. Speaking of passionate fan bases, yeah. moving on to why the Buffalo Sabres folks will win the 2022 Stanley cup. Um, all right, I'm going to give my little little quick synopsis. Then you guys are going to debunk it if you want to, or you can agree with it if you've been if you've been swayed. I'll so, see what you have to say. Well, thanks. Please please approach this with an open mind if you could, because let me get my pillow. Without an open mind, uh, none of this makes any sense. All right, <laughs> I'm going to start with this. The Sabers have everyone right where they want them. Okay. Um, the purpose of an open mind is to close on something. Okay. All right. No. 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 Um, when you when you go through and you read the Sabres previews all over the all over the NHL, people are probably more likely saying terrible things about them and talking about how you know how bad they're going to be, how bad they were, how you know the best thing that could happen for them would be to get the best the pick the first pick next year, and um, and that's where they're heading, right? And and it, you know and I get all that, and that wouldn't be a bad it's never a bad fate for anybody to get the but unfortunately for the Sabres fans, you're going to win the Stanley Cup, and this is why. <laughs> so. Um, to rule the Sabres out would be really foolish. This team, towards the end of last year, um, after, you know, once Granado got in there, once they got rid of the other coach, once they started playing Jeff Skimmer, Jeff Skinner in a reg in a regular, in a regular role that he should be played in, um, and started to find they started to find their groove and they started beating teams, like beating teams they weren't supposed to beat. Um, teams were trying to make the playoffs. I mean, the Flyers season was ended by a back-to-back -back loss to the Sabres. Um, they were actually, you know, they took him out, they knocked the Flyers out of the playoffs. They were, they had some spunk to them. And a lot of that came from the fact that they're, they're under a coach, coach John Granado, who I think is their, is their probably one of their biggest um, assets right now because of the kind of team they are. Um, they are a young team that needs conf that, that is dying for confidence. Okay. Confidence is at an all time low. And when the confidence is an all time low in hockey, it just doesn't work. Um, the obvious, the, the obvious thing that people were going to say right off the bat is the Eichel situation is horrible, which it is. There's no two ways about that. It's got to be, but it's going to be resolved. It's going to be resolved one way or the other. We're going to see either Eichel come in and for some reason just continue to play for them and then and then and kill it, which I don't think is going to happen, or he's going to be traded for what I think is going to be a, a good return. I mean, we've talked about it before. If you had a guy like Alex Tuck into this lineup, this they are better. They're better. And but if they were going to get a good return, they'd have traded him already. Yes. At some point, they will get a good return. That, that's um, okay. But let, let me finish. It's going to it's going to depend on surgeries. Finish up on the surgery. Something like that. The latest thing on the situation I've heard is that one of the big things that Brisson is doing is trying to get him traded to a team that will allow him to have the surgery once. That's a big part of this right now. So that's what's going on right now. Anyway, um, right, right. but that but that team is not going to pay full value, perhaps. But they'll still get some. They'll still be. In, they'll still be better than they will be without Eichel at all. Um, they're going to get something back. Um, I'm like, like I'm throwing Alex Tuck out there. That's a, to me, that's a, that's a really good, he's a, he's a Buffalo area guy. Like you've said many times, Mike, that's, and that's, if you add him in the lineup, suddenly they're better. Um, let's start on defense for a second. Rasmus Dahlin, young superstar. No questions about it. In my mind, uh, in the headman mold. Um, well, they have to sign him, Mick. I don't know if you they can have count to sign him, him and he's got them where he wants them. He's going to sign there. Um, they're not going to let him go, um, anywhere. They're not going to let him. No one's going to offer sheet him. He's going to be, um, yeah, there are a few better players you can build a defense around than Rasmus Dahlin. I mean, that's a great starting point. And with all the with all that Granado has, with his ability to get the most out of players, um, I think the addition of Robert Hag, um, along with Butcher, Will Butcher, who they pick up, um, those two guys are 
first of all, they're two. Uh, they're they're better. They're better hitters than anybody that the Sabers had on defense last year. Both of them. Both of them can 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 smack people around. Hag's going to be among if he plays a regular shift, which I think, which I'm think he's going to have a lot of time in Buffalo. He'll be among the league leaders in hits. He he hits people. Uh, he hits people all over the place. Um, I've talked to you know I've talked to um, coach about him already. Granado about him already, and he just loves him. He loves this this pickup. All right, Will Butcher again, another sneaky good out. We all thought really highly of Will Butcher. He sort of didn't. He sort of panned out, phased out. But you know, give him another chance. Give him another shot here. Um, Jeff Skinner is going to be a factor again. Um, I really do believe that. And and you know, and if he's a factor, he's a thirty goal guy, and that's that's good. Um, <laughs> try to stay awake, Mike. Um, this, the the Zavers also have a little bit of a ace up their sleeve in Victor Olafson, who people have really not paid enough attention to. Olafson is a stud and he's, and he, he will lead the team this year. It sounds like all of them will have 65 to 70 points and lead the Sabres in scoring, um, which granted is not a lot of points, but the key to the Sabres team is going to be keeping the score down, which is where, where we get to uh, two other guys that I think really have a big shot and are the perfect guys to bring for Don Granado to finally see their potential. And that is Casey Middlestat and Enrique Jokihara. How are you? I can never spell his name right. Sorry. Hey, Jokihara, how are you? Both of which I think are going to thrive under under Don Granado's system, and and if Casey Middlestad thrives, he's a factor, and he should because he should have been a factor before this. Um, that you're suddenly looking at an offense that is not that much different than the expansion Vegas Golden Knights offense. You know, an offense that has the, the ability to like move the puck very quickly, to play very fast. The Sabers play fast. They played fast last year, even when they were losing. Um, I remember watching them in Philly in the early part of the season, and they were just fast. They're a fast-playing team. That is a good thing. That is along the lines of Montreal. Not you're not as fast as Montreal yet, but they have. If Middlestat and Joki Haru can get it together, Joki Haru get it together, they're suddenly very different. And finally, we end up in goal, which is um, which obviously is you know is a tough spot to be in. They lose they lose their they lose Allmark, you know, inexplicably. Just a really bad move. They should have found a way to keep them. They thought they had kept them. But what they do is they bring in two guys that are known for giving their defense confidence, like two guys that really absolutely um, have also shown the ability to at times, you know, although not consistently, but at times get hot. Uh, Craig Anderson and Aaron Dell are both. Uh, Anderson has had a great had a great playoff run to has a, had a great playoff run to his name in Ottawa. I can see that happening here. They get to the playoffs and Anderson just takes over. You know, I can see him take over and really and really fly with his team. But so in conclusion, um, the Sabres will be able to sneak up on teams, which is always, you know, and that, which they kind of did at the last, at the end of last season. Um, misfits with speed who are well coached um, and out for revenge are the kind of team that can make procrastinators look really, prognosticators look really bad and procrastinators look really good. Um, so if you believe in hockey miracles, I'll end it here. I can think of no better hockey market than Buffalo to witness what may be one of the most miraculous cups in recent memory. Yeah. The Buffalo Sabres 2022 Stanley Cup champions. Mike, you may start today. Okay, the only chance that the Buffalo Sabres have to win a Stanley Cup is if they take all 31 teams, put them on an island, and drop a nuclear bomb on it. That's the only way. This team is, uh, is arguably, I'd say, probably in the bottom three of, of teams in the league. Uh, they, they have the second-worst goaltending tandem next to the Arizona Coyotes with former Sabre Carter Hutton and Joseph Coronar. 
Um, that what, now what they're doing is they're going to soak. They're going to have Aaron Dell and Craig Anderson soak up the abuse and losses for the first probably two to three months of the season, and allow uh, Uka Pekalukanen to play in Rochester and and mature a little bit, get some playing time, and then I think he's going to be the guy who plays in the second half when all the when any expectation of them uh, having a chance of doing anything is out the window. Um, you know, I I love. Darlene, I think he's a talent, but Russ is right in pointing out that you know they haven't got him signed yet, and I think it's important for them to get him signed as long as possible. If they sign him to a three-year bridge deal, then he's walking himself to free agency. And honestly, the way the organization has been over the last few years, I don't blame a person, or I don't blame a player for not committing to this franchise because they don't know where this franchise is going. They're sort of directionless. Um, they have talent. They, you know, they, you know, they, Yoke Haru is a good young player that they got from Chicago. Matias Samuelson is good, is an NHL defenseman. They got some other youngsters. They, they bring in Butcher, but Butcher was pretty much a salary dump from New Jersey. I, I like Cousins. I like Middlestad. They have some young guys who I think will start the year in Rochester, like Brett Murray, who's a big winger. Uh, who I saw at the at the at the rookie scrimmages, who might might have a chance. But if you look at the additions that they made in the offseason, they brought in a bunch of you know 4A players like John uh, Hayden and Drake Kajula and Ryan McGinnis and Vinny Hinestroza. These are guys who are roster fillers. And until you really solve the Eichel situation. This team is going nowhere. And I talked to a couple people at the, at the scrimmages on the weekend and said, what do you think in terms of what the Sabres will get back for Eichel? And they said, there's no way they even get half of what they're asking for because no team in this league is trading for an injured player, especially an injured player that's making 50 million bucks over the next five years and is going to be out for three months. That's where this organization is. They will not even sniff the playoffs. They will be in eighth place, no doubt, in the Atlantic. Right. Okay. All right. So I'll answer Funky in the chat room first. Abdul the Butcher was at a signing a couple of weeks ago, and apparently he has branded forks. If you don't know what that means, just go look it up. <laughs> so as far as the Sabres go, I don't even know if I could put in the time and the effort to break down this team because they haven't put the time and effort to put together this team. They're – they're not even. They're not even at the you know cap yet. They're going to be when they sign Darlene, which will be a day before camp, two days into camp, whenever that is. Right. But the Coyotes are outspending them by twelve million dollars. Like that's embarrassing. Like it's just like Mike said. They've got a lot of filler here amongst some young talent mixed in. They don't have enough defense or goaltending. They don't have anything beyond the top six that's going to do anything. They are either the worst team or the second worst team in the league. And not that I want to debunk what X said because it was brilliantly bad, but Jeff Skinner had four goals and six assists the last two months of the season. So if that's progress, so be it. It's better than no goals. He was up 400%. Oh, okay. For, for paying them the money they're paying them, it's better than no goals. He's up 400% from the first half of the season, which I think is something. It's progress. It's progress when you, when you compare it to the fact that uh, a the possibly the biggest overblown blowhard coach Ralph Kruger was putting him on the fourth line out of spite 
and he wasn't scoring any goals because he was getting nine minutes a night to to actually playing in the spot where he should have been playing, which was you know first or second line left wing. I mean, this this is the thing. This is the thing that this organization can't shake off right now. When you're paying a winger nine million bucks to be a top line left winger, and then you go out in free agency and spend another eight million bucks on another left winger. Yeah, it just shows you, you know, that just shows you that this is an organization without without any common sense and without direction. And I, I could that be attributed to Ralph Kruger because Ralph Kruger had a lot of sway at that point. And you had a young general manager who was probably taking his marching orders from the Pagulas and from Kruger. Yeah, I think you know some of the moves that Kevin Adams has made since then have been okay. Um, but this is a team that is directionless. They don't know where the hell they're going. You know. I- I just, I just think it's odd that we haven't even hear, we don't even hear updates about Darlene's contract negotiations. We hear nothing. Yeah, yeah. No, I do agree with that. Um, I don't think they'll be directionless, Mike. Only because I, I do, well, I, I, do not, I do believe in Granado, and I think Granado will, I think Granado will have, will get them going. Um, I think he can, but in a direction, I think they will. I think the, t- I mean, you could say the overall. Okay, if you're talking about the way they're being built as directionless, yeah, I, get that. I, I believe in Granado and his ability to get the best out of young talent because he showed at the showed at the end of the at the end of the year. But you can't make chicken salad out of chicken bleep. You can't. Yeah. And then they're going to lose a lot of games. If he makes them closer, that's what happens. But they're going to lose a lot of games. Yeah. No, they are going to. They are. They are. Um, you know. I think um, they will have they will have something um, in their direction. And a the draft. harvest night, that's great. Yeah, I mean, listen, they are um, they're completely unknown in my mind. Like it, we really don't know what the heck they are. Um, oh, I think we know. I don't. I, I, mean, yeah, I think we, we probably. Know. I mean, we know some. We know to a degree. Yes, we do. But we don't. But we don't know what's going to happen with the Eichel situation yet. So that is, no, that, we don't know that. You no, know, it was probably too early to do this team. But you know, I wanted to do them because. I thought it was the time to just because I don't know the Eagles situation is going to be fixed any time in the near future. It feels like it's not. So to me, I think that, you know, we should go with we, I thought it was the time to go with this and see, you know, because if Eichel does return, which is always possible that he could actually come back and play. I mean, that as much as people say they're going to trade him, who knows if they don't, if they can't trade him, they're not going to, you know, if they don't get they're they are not going to do a trade like they like they did, you know. Well, they're right. not going to do a Ryan O'Reilly trade. Right. I was, was going to say the Ryan O'Reilly trade. They're not going to repeat that because that was such a, des- well, a disaster for them. So they would rather try to just conv- you know get you know get Granado in a room with Eichel and say let's do what we can do. Let's let's do only, play hockey. There's only one way to only one way to avoid a repeat of the Ryan O'Reilly situation, and that is allow him to get the surgery that he wants. Have him come back, have him prove that he's healthy, and then you yeah. can trade him. The problem is they won't do that. They here's, will here's a press release from a line from the press release from the 2022 Tim Hortons Heritage Classic. It says, you know, it'll showcase the number of top players in the NHL. The Sabres are led by 2018 first overall pick Rasmus Dahlin and Captain Jack Eichel, as well as Kyle Ocposo, Jeff Skinner, and Dylan Cousins. If they're depending me on me to buy tickets based on that, I'm not buying a ticket. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. It'll be twenty three. It, it'll be twenty five thousand Leaf fans. It is interesting that that they would put Eichel into a press release like that. Well, he's I still on the roster. They have to. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I yeah, but it is like you know, 
it, you could uh, you could get them on false advertising there, you know, um, at some point because the chance of him playing that, you know, I would I would like to call him up and say I'll buy this ticket if if Michael plays in that game. You can guarantee him he's going to play in the game and not for Toronto. You know, it would it would, be, <laughs> it would be nice if it would be nice if uh, if twenty uh, percent of the uh, Sabers uh, season ticket fan base could actually see their team. That might be their only opportunity to because they can't cross the border. True. I mean, I, th- I think that, listen. Here's the thing. Um, this this is this is really a situation where I think that Kruger messed up a lot of players on that team. And this Skinner, Skinner, Skinner was obviously was the was the most blatant one because you could see it clearly because you know he went from such a such a good scorer to an absolute to it like you said a nine minute a game player. But he wasn't the only one that used that, that was screwed up by Kruger. And and the the breath of fresh air. I talked to a couple of Sabres players in preparing this. Um, just like just like the breath of fresh air that they get they got from their coach when Kruger left was was noticeable and and it's going to continue you know and and listen they they know they know they know what they know where they're at they know they know they know where everybody's hating them and to me I'm not the sport of hockey we have seen that a team that everybody says is going to suck mm-hmm. sometimes doesn't suck okay I'm- so answer this question for the Leafs Panthers Canadians Senators Sabres who are they better than um, well, they're going to win the Stanley Cup, so I guess they're better than everybody. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, um, I I don't think they are. I don't think they are. I can't sit here and say they are better than any of those teams. They're obviously. the worst team in the division. Obviously, uh, right now, if we're just to put our, you know, what we from what we've seen and what we know and what we think, they're the worst team in the division. There's but, no, but I also thought Vegas was the worst team in the division their rookie year, and they were. This isn't a rookie team. Forget Vegas. It has nothing to do with it. They're, okay, they're they're a worse roster than an than the expansion Seattle team. Yes, they, they have a they have a bunch of you know like I said spot holders, and 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 I'm not saying I'm not saying Granado. You know, Granado had a very positive effect on effect on Middlestat last year. Middlestat played yeah. very well under him. Yeah, and that's Cousins, big. Cousins is a very good young player. Yes. So, you know, the, the, there there are pieces that he can that will benefit from the coaching of Don Granado. I think Darlene played a lot better under Granado. The young the young players will but there's not a lot of there there after yeah. that. There's no Reinhardt. There's no you know I, there's no Eichel. There's sure. no there's no uh, Aristolainen. You've got no goaltending. You've got sure. Mikuzula in net in in Craig Anderson. So it's like, I'm going to read you. Here's the odds from VegasInsider.com. <laughs> Arizona Cardinal Coyotes are fifteen thousand to one. The Red Wings are fifteen thousand to one. The Sabers are twenty thousand to one. There you go. Well, I'm telling you, if you're a hockey buzz listener or reader, you've got to go out today and put a hundred bucks on that team because, <laughs> man, what is that? You put a hundred bucks do on that? Not do it. Not do oh. it. You're 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 opening yourself up to a class action lawsuit. If you of course I'm kidding. I don't I don't gamble. I, you should never gamble. Um, remember this is this this is only for this is only an expedition. Please no wagering. This is not. <laughs> we're not doing that. Okay, so don't even put shekels on it. It's not don't happening. Don't put shekels on it. But if I was in no Bitcoin, if I was in Vegas today, I would put ten dollars on it just because. <laughs> what is that? That's too. It's, that would be what yeah, four, and then you would tweet out the ticket. I, I was win half a million dollars, right? So hey, yeah. I'll take it. thousand dollars. Right. All right. So we'll see. We'll see. You know, we'll I mean, the, 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 at the end of the day, you know, someone would be Actually, right. Someone, that someone, is, you know what, Nick? You came up, you hit on something. That should be their marketing plan for this we'll year. See. We'll see. For the Sabres. We'll see. <laughs> That's brilliant. I do love that. That should be the billboard right above their right above the stadium. 
in purple and in purple we're and gold. Selling, we're selling quarter season ticket holders. <laughs> we'll in purple see. and gold. Buffalo Sabers 2021-2022 underneath. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Stella. Stella agrees. That's perfect. Um, all right, that's all the time we have for today. Tomorrow we'll be back with another team. I got to spin the wheel of magic to see who it's going to be, but uh, we'll figure it out soon. It'll be probably a team that's easier to make an argument for winning the Stanley Cup than the Buffalo Sabres. Remember, without the buzz, it is just hockey. We will talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>